Hey, it's Travis. Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches. It's Double Stuff October, a.k.a. Double Staff October. I know everyone is eager to meet our bellhop and hear the fabulous Rissa do her fabulous thing, but I have a couple of treats for you first. Number one, in lieu of releasing an old bonus episode this month, we've put together a very special, special October episode that will be coming out on the 16th, the 15th, for patrons. We have Graham Rowett with a dramatic reading of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Pretty sick, right? Pretty perfect. Fans of Graham's work already know, and anyone who only knows him from the hotel... You're in for a treat. The man has range. And such a special episode, of course, deserves a special artist. Our own Moss will be doing this special postcard. This has been a long time coming, as many of you may remember our infamous early sticker efforts. And it wouldn't do to mention Moss without mentioning her epic and robust fanfic, Birdcage. I think she's been writing it for, like, eight or nine months. It's got, I don't know how many chapters, but I am in love with the birdcage art Moss puts on her Instagram and Twitter. I read the first chapter so I could spread the word when it first came out, and it was so good I actually had to swear off fanfic for fear it would influence me too much. Birdcage and another one called The Duffields. Moss, I will read Birdcage one day. For now, everyone else go read it. Go follow Moss at Manx underscore Moss, M-A-N-X underscore M-O-S-S, on Twitter and Insta. We will be debuting that artwork later this month at the Hotel Pod. Follow us too, etc., etc. And last thing, we have keychains on the store now. This is a very limited run of special Double Stuff October Hotel Purple Numberless Keychains. I wanted to do something simple and special for these. Our next keychains will look totally different and probably cost a little bit more. This is the only time you'll be able to get the special purple numberless ones. Etsy.com slash shop slash the hotel podcast. We only ordered 90 and the patrons have already had first crack at it. So order yours now. I think it might be 2023 before we can do keychains again. We'll see how many new patrons we get this month. If you're not a patron yet, you know what to do. Uh, Enough. Enough. That is enough selling and tap dancing. I know what you want. I know why you're here. You want to see what the deal with that bellhop is. Don't forget, all of the cast has official playlists on Spotify. Rissa has hand-chosen songs all over hers. The Bellhop, parentheses, the hotel podcast, on Spotify. But do that in like half an hour. First, let Double Staff October begin with... I stand by, hands clasped behind my back in their clean white gloves, smiling warmly but not too warmly. I allow the manager a moment of collection before we continue. I wouldn't want her to embarrass herself. She disregards the moment, disregards collecting herself, and decides instead to openly glare at me. I allow a few more moments to pass, 
in the hopes that the giant pile of rotten meat reeking and leaking between us might earn a moment or two of priority discussion. She closes the distance between us without so much as blinking or making a sound. Her eyes never leave mine, but I can feel her opening and closing her fists, just out of sight. She's close enough now I can hear her grinding her teeth. We're almost nose to nose, but still all I can smell is the pile. It goes right on reeking and leaking, and the discussion seems headed inevitably back where it started. Who are you? The bellhop. Where's the lobby boy? I don't know, ma'am. What are you doing here? My job, ma'am. And what is that job? To assist checking in the guests, of course. Checking them in to the hotel. The hotel. What's your job, ma'am? <laughs> okay. Okay. She steps back, tucking her hands into her pockets and nodding at something that must make sense to her. She steps around the rotting pile and scans the entire lobby, top to bottom, as she spins her way back to her front desk. She runs her hand across it and checks her fingers for dust. She shows me her hand, clean of course, and I nod slightly. Encouragingly, she nods back and adjusts the guest book, the desk bell, a pen on her front desk. None of it holds her interest for more than a moment. But if the pile can't command her attention, I can't imagine the pen really stood a chance. She saunters, and it can only be described as a saunter, through the tasteful collection of sitting chairs and lounging couches, checking behind the pillows, and closely inspecting the ashtrays before returning her hands to her pockets. I don't follow her except with my eyes, turning my head slightly as she performs in this fashion across the lobby. She glances out the windows as she passes, craning her head upward toward the rain. There isn't anything out there, though. Not tonight. She shrugs at me, and I nod again. She walks right past the elevators and to the supply closet door. She stops right next to it, but doesn't take her eyes off me. She grabs the doorknob, but still only watches me, expectantly. Do you want me to? She turns the knob and jerks the door open in one fluid motion, taking both her hands out of her pockets, suddenly hunched over, up on the balls of her feet. Eyes flashing silver. The door swings all the way open, hitting the wall and rocking halfway back with a shimmying whine. To mop this up for you? When she looks in the supply closet, checking it quite thoroughly, her shoulders seem to slump, just so. But then they straighten out, even tightening upwards, slightly. She takes a moment of collection. <laughs> Finally. I know it's time now to continue.
Who is tonight's guest? She says. I glance surreptitiously to the rotten pile behind me. It must be easier for her to ignore. Something else on her mind. Something more important, I suppose. The front desk. The lounging area. The empty closet. She sees the hotel as the guests might. She sees herself as the guests might. She sees the job as the guests might. I don't see an empty closet and an open door. Not like her. I see a wall of flesh, bleeding and wincing. I see a wound, gaped and ragged, where the skin of the door was torn open. I see bone support beams and orifices that leak yellow pus onto the squelching floor. I see tooth and eye, where there would be buttons or rivets. I see gobs of hot fat like pillows steaming on couches made of quivering grisly muscle. I see the bleeding, breathing, stinking edge of the hotel. And I do not blink. She may only see one pile of rotting flesh here. But when I look at her, my warm but not too warm smile can't help but curl, just very slightly, into a sneer. I hold my hand out, just in front of me. May I see tonight's reservation card? She closes the distance between us without so much as blinking or making a sound. She pulls a card out of her jacket pocket and hesitates a little before she hands it to me. I read it, then fold it in half crisply, tucking it into my pocket. Judy Blashy, ma'am. I walk past her and pull my mop bucket out of the steaming, hot, bloody supply closet. Room 880. She fights to keep her composure again. Apparently, it's a bit of a struggle for her. I allow her another moment to find her words. I need to speak with her. Bring her down to the lobby, then you can mop that up. I keep my head down, focused on the messy work. Not a drop finds its way to my gray uniform, of course. I work clean. Several moments of silence go by, save for the sucking, dripping sickness of my bucket of blood. I said... Yes, ma'am, I heard you. But the hotel must be cleaned. It wouldn't do to leave a rotten corpse littering up the lobby. Especially if you want a guest down here. Would it? After yet another moment of rage washes through her, she takes a step toward me. I don't look up. I tend to my work. You can always go up and talk to her yourself, if you really need to, ma'am. Leave the lobby? Of course, ma'am. You're the manager. You can go wherever you like. I dip my mop into my bucket and squeeze the gory fluids from it. The liquid sloshes together in a most satisfactory way. 
The manager steps to the elevator and summons it with a hesitancy I find, frankly, beneath someone of her supposed station. I slop the mess at my feet again and the fleshy doors peel back with a deep sigh. As they close around her, I look up over my mop. I'll keep an eye on the lobby for you while you're gone. She does not return my warm, but not too warm, smile. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. I'm not accustomed to leaving my lobby in the charge of... others. I'm not accustomed to there being others. Just us. Just me now. I won't stop until I find him. I'll search for them both till the decay. Then we'll deal with the new staff... issues. Until then, just keep that... bell hop away from me. The other side of the elevator doors are muted silver, polished enough that I can see my reflection in it. I wonder if all the elevator doors are like this. The number eight lights up when I press the button, and the elevator starts its way up to the second floor. The guest rooms. And Judy Blashy. Madame Hotel's... The form the hotel took. The shape of her death. Both rotting in a dozen dead pieces beneath me, and tormented by ghouls above me. Just as Madame Hotel could... Explore herself. Perhaps Judy Blashy can. Maybe she knows. <laughs> the elevator rumbles, either because of some machination I disturbed or because she didn't like that I dented her door. I flex my hand, feeling the pain run across and nest inside it. A smear of blood highlights the skin hanging loose on two of my knuckles. It throbs, but not for long. The reflection in the doors has already changed. And when they open, I catch the faint scent of my own decay rush out into the hall ahead of me. Blue carpet runs between faded eggshell walls that were probably pearly white when they were new. Each door has a small silver plate with the room number lettered in fine, intricate black ink. Between each door is a painting I don't understand and a small table hosting thin, pointed vases filled with magenta purple liquid that glows very slightly. I've never left the lobby before. A sharp pain crawls its way across the side of my head. I've been outside plenty of times. I've roamed the halls, I've checked on the guests. My duties may require me to be any number of places in or around the hotel. I have clear memories of all of it. But I wrote my temple from inside the elevator and can't help but think again without question or hesitation that I've never left the lobby before. 
The elevator door tries to close me in and I grab it. I wince as fresh pain shoots through my hand. My rotting hand. Deep bruises are already spreading from my oozing knuckles. If I've been here before, I've been here before. If I haven't, I'm here now. I set my jaw and march down the hall. I barely hear the elevator doors close behind me. I don't notice the strange art change as I walk by. I ignore the slick feeling filling my shoes as my body spoils. I know Ms. Blashy is in her room, still alive, just as I know she is still being mopped up in the lobby. Just as I know the hotel herself is with us, always and everywhere. I let them all know I am here too. I don't slow my stride when I get to room 880. I am the manager. I can go wherever I like. So I kick the door in. It lands in pieces inside the room. Heat blasts out into the hall around and behind me, taking chunks of my hair and skin with it. Long, fleshy creatures with thin limbs and blank, buckered faces stare at me with large, blue, uncomprehending eyes. They seem curious. Eager to have another plaything to tear at, but when I step into the room, they step back. The walls, the ceiling, the floor, all brown and carbon black metal grating. Blood orange light and hot steam fills the rest of the space. He built this room for her. Ms. Blashy runs crying and slobbering on seared, bleeding feet across her cage. I bend the grating apart with my rotten hands and pull her out by the neckline of her dress. Do you know where the lobby boy is? Please, 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 don't let them get me. Please help me, help me, help me, please. Please, don't let them get me. Please help me, help me. Look at me. <laughs> you remember him. He brought you up here. Do you know where he is now? Only human. Just a guest. If he's here, I'll have to find him. I'll tear the hotel apart, board by board, with my bare hands if I have to. Judy Blashy can't do anything for me. And I can't do anything for her. I toss her back into her room. The family of ghouls crawl closer. They know there's blood in the water. And Judy knows whose it is. Her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She had white gloves. She, she had gloves. She, she smiled a lot. Please don't go. Please. Please don't leave me with them. Her. The bellhop. 
not the end of this. She's the beginning of something else. I turn and walk briskly back toward the hallway and elevators. I need to get back to the lobby. I don't have much time. Please! Please! I'm almost completely rotten. I run now, as best I can on gooey legs and sagging flesh. I barely hear Judy's cries behind me. I don't notice the strange art laughing at me as I lurch past. I don't hesitate when the elevator doors open for me unbeckoned as I arrive. My reflection in the elevator doors has become an unreadable mess of rot and gore. For some reason, I think of Madame Hotel. When I jam my thumb into the elevator button, it bends back and snaps most of the way off. Not long now. My ankle gives out and I fall forward onto the doors, only just catching myself with the wet bag of meat that my hand has become. My breath has almost completely stopped, nothing to fog up the face staring back at me. I get a good look at my reflection. My eyes are pale and bulging, but I can still see the light there. Something silvery and reflective. The elevator hums a little louder at me as it lands in the lobby. It rumbles, and the light in my eyes dances just a little, just for a moment. Like starlight. The doors slide open and I fall forward, spilling out into the lobby on broken, wobbling legs. That's all I got. I collapse into several juicy pieces in the center of the lobby, my body finally not much more than dead beef. Oh, let me mop that up for you, ma'am. She picks me up, piece by piece and puts me in his bucket with the rest of the meat. The hotel likes a clean lobby. She mops up the blood and juices and wrings them out on top of the liquefying piles of me and Madame Hotel. And it's really no trouble at all. We live to serve. She rolls us back to his dark, empty supply closet. The last thing I see before she closes the door is her face. Smiling quite warmly indeed. But we don't serve you. Hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten. Starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager. Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. Rissa Montanez as the bellhop. And Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake.